Welcome, non-productive universe, to yet another Swanton Bombing edition of Wrestling Recap, the show that hits you for a 10 count of the most important developments in wrestling each week. I'm Big Papa Pete, joined Mike's side by Longshot Ken. Before we begin this week, I'd like to observe a moment of silence for WWE legend Vader, who passed away this week at the age of 63. And without further ado, let's jump right on into the action. Number one, this weekend saw Money in the Bank. It was a, uh, a bit of a slow start this week, but it wound up as a great pay-per-view in the end. The women's ladder match was brutal and booked very well, showcasing everyone's talents. Even Lana, who I had very little expectations for, held her own and looked like she belonged there. Yeah, that was kind of interesting. AJ Styles and Shinsuke Nakamura, before I go any further, I just want to point out, I'm, I'm kind of lumping all of Money in the Bank into one thing on this one. Fair enough. Because, you know, it, it was good, but it's in the past. So anyway, uh, AJ Styles and Shinsuke Nakamura put on one of their best matches yet. They even let Styles pull off a Styles Clash. Yes. Very happy to see that. This match would have been better if the feud wasn't so stale at this point. Hopefully this serves as a cap to the rivalry, and in that capacity, it was a worthy match. Ronda Rousey and Nia Jax put on a very good match, and even the screwjob ending didn't feel like a cheat. And the men's ladder match was a non-stop spot fest. All in all, this was one of the most satisfying pay-per-views WWE has put on in a while. Number two, moving on to Raw, the Ronda Rousey suspension. Okay, this is a great example of how WWE creative can function well when they actually work with what they've got. Case in point, you have a mainstream superstar whose image is an unstoppable monster. She's still noticeably green in the ring, but has a great work ethic and is showing steady improvement in ring and on mic. So what do you do? Have a heel screw her over. That way she can come out acting tough, the only thing she has to emote is anger, and she can explode in a fit of frustrated violence that is completely understandable from a storyline perspective. The suspension is a logical next step, which buys more time for her to polish her skills away from TV without it feeling forced. Number three, Seth Rollins loses the Intercontinental title to Dolph Ziggler. I think this is an appropriate time to cool Rollins down a bit. You're not weakening him because he was so run down after his hard-fought match at the pay-per-view. It actually strengthens his character, in my opinion, to issue that open challenge one day after the pay-per-view. There was a fearful symmetry in place where Rollins had to resort to grabbing Elias's tights to get the win on Sunday. And then the next night, Ziggler used the same tactic to beat him. It's a classic storytelling beat where the good guy must pay a price for breaking the rules. And it's good to see WWE using some basic narrative logic. Number four, the Deleter of Worlds defeats Slater and Rhino. This match was good, but the real standout came after the match, when the B-team cut a promo impersonating Hardy and Wyatt. Hysterical. Bo Dallas makes a very convincing Bray Wyatt for some reason. I wonder why. And Axel refusing to break character was funny. But that awkward ending, with the two slowly crouching out of frames, was downright hilarious. Number five, I don't know when or why Braun Strowman decided Finn Balor was his little buddy, but I like it. <laughs> Moving on to number six, 
Um, oh, I just have a note here that says Ken's weird indie crap. Oh, yes, I guess that would be me. Uh, guys, I, I don't know, Pete. Have you have you checked out Glow on Netflix? Uh, I, I've seen a couple episodes. I, I love the show. I'm glad that the uh, the uh, new season is starting uh, is starting up very very soon. And just found out that David McLean, the guy who was responsible for the original Glow back in the day, has started up class a, act. Had started up a promotion called Wow that has been building up a lot of momentum on in, in the indie circuits. And they've just cut a deal with Access TV, and we're going to be getting Wow on TV the beginning of next year, and they start taping at the end of this year. And I've actually gone on and looked at some of the, the, the stuff that they have going on. It's it's pretty good. It's it's fun. It's kind of funny. You know, it's very reminiscent of the old school glow back in the 80s. But it's just a more contemporary, new generational take on it. And some of those women are fantastic from what I've seen in the ring from them so far. So I'm looking forward to it. It's, it's It should be pretty good. Excellent. Excellent. Glad to hear it. Okay. Before we move on to SmackDown... Before SmackDown went on the air, WWE announced that Big Cass had been released from his contract. Uh, something to note was that they did not wish him well in his future endeavors. Yeah, everyone keeps acknowledging that. Uh, now, you bring up everybody acknowledging that. Where other websites may speculate about the reasons why Big Cass was released, uh, I'm, all I'm going to say is that I think this is a great time for Cass to leave. Okay, WWE doesn't have enough room for him to shine on their roster right now. And now he's free to go out and get the band back together with Enzo on the indie circuit. And who knows, maybe he'll build up a reputation worthy of a main, of main event status and come back to WWE in the future. But for now, NJPW and Impact would be fools not to try and snap these guys up. Agreed. Over on SmackDown, Becky Lynch defeated Billy Kay. Of the Iconics. Yeah. Uh, with a string of no consequence wins like this, and coming within inches of winning the money in the bank, Becky's got a mini hot streak going. Maybe she's gearing up for a run at the championship. She's way overdue for a return to the spotlight, so we can only hope. Number nine, Sanity debuts against the Usos. This was a suitably impressive debut for Sanity. They established dominance over the Usos without a match even starting. That being said, dominance alone is not really going to cut it in a WWE that already has the Bludgeon Brothers, the Ascension, the Deleter of Worlds, and the Authors of Pain. Sanity is going to have to establish some goals for themselves and set themselves up as more than just another tag team. Unleash Eric Young as a mouthpiece and bring up female teammate Nikki Cross to extend their reach into the women's division, and we could be looking at WWE's first bona fide faction in years. Yes. There's a lot of work left to do, but at least this was a good start. And finally, number 10, the gauntlet match on SmackDown, which saw Daniel Bryan, Big E, Samoa Joe, Mike Mizanin, and Rusev uh, in a gauntlet match, which has gotten a somewhat popular format lately. Yeah. We, we saw one uh, a few months back on Raw that yeah. brought the members of the Shield back together in the ring at one point. Yeah, it was very good. Now, I haven't got much to say in favor of the gauntlet, this gauntlet match. Uh, none of the matchups really produced anything better than a good match. Right. And the way the Bludgeon Brothers took Debray out of the equation felt cheap and unearned. The best part of this was Rusev getting the win. WWE are finally starting to book him as the babyface fans see him as. And it's paying off dividends in the form of moments that feel fresh and unexpected. 
It's been a big week for Rusev, locking in a three-main stackalade at mo the Money in the Bank, and now winning a number one contendership. I don't think Styles versus Rusev has the legs for a long-term feud. But a one-off match, particularly at Extreme Rules, where we know there will be some sort of crazy stipulation, has the potential to be very entertaining. And that's your wrestling recap for this week. Got an opinion or something else to add? Join in the conversation on the Nonproductive Fan Club on Facebook. And while you're at it, subscribe to our podcast feed via your favorite podcast-obtaining method. Really like what you heard? Help support us on Patreon so we can make it even better. Links to everything can be found at non-productive.com. This has been a non-productive media presentation. Executive producer, Frank Hablaoui. This program and many others like it on the Non-Productive Network is distributed under a Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial No Derivatives License. Please share it, but ask before trying to change it or sell it. For more information, visit non-productive.com.